I thought it would be very interesting and, uh, you know, really to talk about the stages of Mashiach. How can we recognize and understand the process itself? So I thought that would be very interesting to talk about. But before I begin, let me just say this year should be a merit for the health and success of the families of Regina Bas Yosef Reuven and Yeshaya ben Yisrael, uh, Benjamin Wolf ben Tzvihersh, um, and uh, Boruch ben Benjamin Wolf. Anyway, I thought that it would be very interesting to understand the stages that the, the messianic process is really all about. You see. <clears throat> So that would be very instructive. And then to try to compare it to now, 2022. I think that would be in many ways enlightening for people, <clears throat> you see. Now, what, the, the stages that Mashiach, uh, or the, I should say the Messianic process is all about, is in general, this is not specific, but in general, the Golis ends, the exile ends, which means the ability of Goyim, non-Jews, or the ability of the era of Rav, Jews who want to take us away from Torah and from the covenant, the agreement with God, they end, that ends. You see, their ability to dominate the Jewish people and therefore Jewish history ends. That's the end of the Golos, which is an astounding concept, you see. Then what happens is there's a change in consciousness. And God does not want the Amoratsim, Jews should be ignoramuses in a messianic era, you see. <clears throat> because you don't do that, because what the Mashiach will introduce the Jewish people to is so sophisticated, so lofty, right, that if millions and millions of Jews don't know anything, how can they possibly understand what Mashiach is going to say? You see, you know, uh, to use a secular example, it's like taking Albert Einstein and using him as a kindergarten teacher. Well, we, we can laugh at that, right? How in the world can you use that person who's considered one of the greatest geniuses of mankind, right? How in the world could he be a kindergarten teacher? It's, it's uh, really very funny. But in any case, <clears throat> so obviously, how can the Mashiach teach Torah? Because they don't know anything. They don't even know basic ideas, you see, of Torah. Um, like in that article, it said that I mentioned the article in uh, Houston, Texas, that there are 70,000 Jews in Texas. Houston, Texas, I should say. Uh, that's the amount of people there, 70,000 Jews. Yet there's less than 600 families in the whole Houston, Texas. And it said in the article that most Jews don't know anything. Nothing. So could you imagine a Mashiach coming to these people? And it's not just Houston, Texas. It's all over the United States. And it's certainly true of South America and Africa, right? 
and Asia and Europe and so on. So how can you take a person that is so unbelievably lofty, because he's the Mashiach, right, to teach people who know nothing about Judaism? So obviously there has to be a tremendous period of time when the Jews will be trained to know their Torah. That is a very important idea. So that happens after the exile is over. And then, of course, once that happens, then they can come to Eretz Yisrael, you can have the Beis HaMikdash, and then the Mashiach will arrive, which is interesting, you see. Because now they can, uh, you know, rather appropriately, you know, accommodate themselves to this type of figure and the environment that he introduces, which is beyond belief. You know, I once explained that, that the Messianic year is something we cannot even begin to understand because it's Molorot's uh, day or it's Hashem that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God. And I once mentioned also that the Messianic, the Torah of the Mashiach, that the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu is nothing compared to the Torah of the Mashiach. That's, a, that's the gulf that separates the Messianic Torah with the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu, which is everything we have. You know, it's Bavli, Rishalmi, all the, you know, Medrash, everything. So how in the world can you take this type of person and introduce him or expose him to the Jewish people? It doesn't even make sense. So clearly what the Barsham is going to do is he's going to bring a tremendous amount of Torah to the Jewish people. Now this is basically... And then you'll have after Mashiach ben Yosef, then you, and the main job of Mashiach ben Yosef is to begin that time period. He's the one that will contend with the Tumor, the Goyim, you know, all those enemies of God. He will contend with that and vanquish them, right? And then after that happens, then you'll have the entry of Mashiach ben David that really ushers in the Messianic era. Then once he does that, there's Tres Amesim, the resurrection of the dead, and the whole messianic process now continues and so on. <clears throat> anyway, th- so this is the general uh, stages of the messianic approach. Now, what is important to know is something else. You know, what brings the Mashiach? And basically there's only three things. If all the Jews are righteous... That's a Zakai, right? They're all righteous. They all do the mitzvahs. They are a tremendously holy nation, right? They all observe the Torah, everything. So then the Mashiach will come. That makes sense. Secondly, even if the Jews sin tremendously, but they all do tshufa, they all repent, then he will also come, you see. Because their repentance will have completed the Tikkun. I mean, this is exactly what happened by Haman and Purim, where God says that all the Jews, he decreed, should be annihilated. And then, of course, of course Mordechai was aware, and Esther had uh, everybody fast for three days, and that means all the Jews did tshuva, right, throughout the kingdom of Persia, which was basically the whole world, <clears throat> right? And then, of course, they were saved. Uh, with Mordechai and so on, you know. 
uh, and because they did, they did the tshuva. And I once mentioned that Ezra could have been Mashiach ben Yosef, and he brought back the Jews after this period of time. Why wasn't he? Because only, I think, I think 70,000 Jews came back with him, and most Jews remained in Babylon. So obviously, uh, that didn't work, you see. Uh, so that's the second way Mashiach comes. The third way is if the world, especially the Jews, reach the level of Memtes Shari Tumah, the 49 levels of Tumah, of defilement, you know, if you want to call that sinning, you know, ignorance or whatever. And, you know, we certainly are in the Memtes Shari Tumah, right? So the Mashiach, which I once gave a whole about, he actually comes because of the Memtes Shari Tumah. You see, especially if the sin of the Memteshai Tumah is something that will destroy civilization or it will destroy the whole uh, spiritual roots of the Jewish people. So that's a very important idea, you see. In any case, uh, uh, so these three ki- uh, kinds of, uh, uh, of uh, um, events can bring the Mashiach. We are now in the Memteshai Tumah, which I've spoken about. So the Mashiach can certainly come as a result of that. We now qualify, you see. <clears throat> but when the Mashiach does come, you see, let's take a look at the first time it happened. And we can actually identify the different stages. Egypt, Mitzrayim, was the Gula, was the redemption, Right? And therefore, you can actually identify the different stages based on the redemption from Egypt, Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt, you see. Ah, so the first thing that the Baruchim does is he separates the Jews, you know, that he, the first thing he does in general is he has to separate the Jewish people from the nations of the world. Because as long as they are intermingled with the nations of the world, you know, it's very difficult not to learn from them. So he's got to separate that. We see that many times in the Torah. The Rebbe says, you know, you can't, you have to get, there's a mitzvah to kill the seven nations in Canaan because they will influence you to sin. He says that, God says that, in, you know, in Devarim. Uh, so he therefore uh, certainly has to separate the Jewish people from the nations of the world. Then after he separates them, he has to remove them, right? He has to remove them from the nations of the world, right? Not just separate them. And then, but while he's doing that, he's going to bring tremendous amount of ruchnius. So after he removes them, then he's going to bring them to a place where they will absorbed a tremendous amount of spirituality, of ruchnias, you see? And the truth is, this is exactly what happened in Egypt. Separation, removal, and bring them to a place of tremendous spirituality. This happened in Egypt. The first way, the, the first God separated the Jews from Egypt is by the makas, by the uh, ten, uh, ten plagues or whatever, right? Or blows, 
that happened in Egypt, right? So once those makas started happening in Egypt, then the Jews were no longer slaves. They were therefore now separate. They were no longer under the uh, the dominion or the jurisdiction of the Egyptian. But what is interesting is that each makkah, each plague sort of, is not just a punishment for the Egyptians. It was also a revelation, a tremendous spiritual insight or revelation to the Jewish people. Because the problem is, again, you can't bring the Jewish people to a redemption as ignoramuses. You see? Because the the Mashiach is so lofty that they have to be able to, in some way, be appropriate as students or whatever. So each makkah itself was a tremendous revelation, some aspect of a divine revelation. That's Torah, right? Because they are learning who God is as they, as they see the Egyptians experience a makkah. So they learn who God is. And that's Torah, you see. Then, of course, after he separated them, right, he removed them, right, and they left Egypt. And then they experienced basically the second greatest uh, enlightenment time of Torah, and that's the Yamsuf, when the sea split, Kriyas Yamsuf. You know, like we all know, that a maidservant saw more of divine... Um, divine situation or structure, divine secrets. Then Yecheskel Hanovi, who wrote the um, uh, divine chariot, Maisim Rekova. So could you imagine what she saw? You see, so they were being re- they were removed from Egypt, and at the same time they were experiencing tremendous revelations of spirituality. And then, of course, the third one is that they came to Har Sinai, Mount Sinai, and they experienced Mount Terra, which, of course, is the ultimate Ruchnius, you see. And Moshe Rabbeinu should have been then Sheikh Ben Yosef, because he was the person that redeemed them. But because of the sin of the golden calf, you see, he was not the Mashiach Ben Yosef. But Egypt provides us a model of the stages of redemption. Because if you think about it, we are in the same mess as they were, you see. We are in the Memtes Sharitama, you see. And actually, you know, if you really think about it, you can actually see based on certain sukkum in the Torah that this is the way it's going to happen, Right. Yeah, like I said, there are three ways. They could either be all righteous or Bali Chuva, or they can actually be in the Memtesh Sharitama, the 49 levels of evil or defilement. But you can actually see that. <clears throat> Let's see. The first place is a posit that I quote many times in the Tzabim, that it says that even if you're outcast, be at the ends of heaven. So God says, from there I will gather you. So obviously the question is, what do you mean from there? From there means from the ends of heaven. I will gather you, right? But why, what are the Jews doing at the ends of heaven? And the answer is, that's Memtesh Shaitoma. 
That's what it means to be at the end of heaven. You see? And God says, Misham, from there I will gather you. That shows you that the way it's going to line up historically, right, is Mashiach is going to come because of the Memtesh Sharitumah. See? That's a proof that that's exactly what's going to happen. Because that's where God is going to redeem us from, you know, from the ends of heaven, which is the Memtesh Sharitumah. So that's one proof. A second proof, we could say, is there's a postic that says, that the Torah will never be forgotten from the Jewish people. What does that mean? Well, God is saying that Torah will never be forgotten. What does that mean? It means that uh, the Jews will be in the Memteshai Tumah. Why? Because why do you have to tell the Jews that it will never be forgotten? Obviously, it refers to a time that the Jews are in such a low level, which is the 49 levels of, right, of defilement, right, that God has to say, don't worry, they won't forget it. Why do you have to say it? Because that's exactly what the situation is going to be. They're going to be in the 49 level of defilement, but God is promising them that they will never forget their Torah. There will be at least one Jew that remembers the Torah. You see, like I say, why would you need that statement? Because God is telling them exactly what's going to happen at the end. Very interesting, you see. And then there's another proof, right, that this is the way it's going to be. The Jews will wind up in the Memtes, right? Because it says in the Torah, right, and the earth was unformed and void, for Choshech and darkness was on the face of the deep. And then it says in the, that darkness wasn't on the face of the deep. And then it says, and the Spirit of God hovers on the face, right, on the waters, face of the waters, right? So there's a Balaturim that says that the numerical value the gematria of Vruach Elokim Rachefes and the Spirit of God, right, hovers in the midst of the darkness. So he says that that's gematria, Zuhi This is the spirit, right, of the King Messiah. And therefore, what does it say? That this Mashiach hovers in the middle of the darkness, right? And then God says, And God said, Let there be light. That means the Mashiach will hover in the middle of darkness, right? And what that's supposed to mean in the middle of darkness, right, is the Memteshai Tumah. That is the 49th level, 49th level of Tumah, of defilement. You see? So there you have it. You actually have three different verses that actually indicate that the Mashiach is going to come how? Because the Jewish people and actually the entire world will be in the Memtashari Tumah. That's how low it will sink. You see. And therefore the Torah is telling us this is exactly what will happen. You see. Then the Torah says, after it says, and if you're outcast 
even if your outcast be at the ends of heaven, right, from there, I will take you, right? That means God is actually going to enter the Memteshai Tumah. He's actually going to enter what's called the Klippa, you know, the, 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 the domain of the Satan and the domain of all his, you know, what's called Malchik Chavola, angels of destruction. Why does God have to enter? Because the problem is, is that if there is no Torah in Israel, the Jewish people will not exist. Because the way the Jews exist is they are fed from the Shekhinah. There was the Shekhinah issues, a tremendous what's called Shefa, divine flow to them. And the flow comes through Torah. That's how it comes. You see? So as we will see, if the Jews are in the Klippa, they're not learning Torah. You see, as we will see. Well, if that's the case, how do they survive? And therefore, God says, I will go into the Klippa directly and let them survive from the Shekhinah itself that is in the Klippa, that is in the domain of the Satan. That's an incredible concept, you see, that God himself, so to speak, the Divine Presence, enters the Klippa, right, uh, so that he can provide this divine energy that is necessary to exist to the Jewish people. Because since they are in the darkness, that's the Memtes, they won't be able to survive. Imagine that, that, the Shekhin, that we, because of our sinning, have forced or compelled, so to speak, God, in order to save us, to come into the Klippa, to energize us and allow us to exist. You see? That's why God says, and from there, right, I will gather you. Because He why from there? Not that God comes into the Klippa. He already is in the Klippa. You see, that's where he's been for thousands of years. You see, in the Klippa itself, in order to save the Jews, once the Jews began to go in Golas. So in order to save them, he himself had to enter the Klippa. And therefore, from there, he will rescue, redeem, separate the Jews from the Goyim. But then it says, and from there, after he gathers them, he will take you. You see, that's a very interesting concept. What does it mean God will take you? What does that mean? It means that every Jew is going to become a massive Talmud Chochum. Because that's what it is. When you learn Torah, it's as if God takes you. Because the greatest path to be with God, the greatest path to hug God, to be dovak in God, is to learn His Torah. Because it is through the Torah that the Shefa, that the divine energy flows. You see. So when it says, and from there He will take you, what that means is he go, He's going to make everybody an incredible Talmud Chacham. Isn't that amazing? But that's exactly what he did in Egypt, right? Except they didn't become a Talmud Chacham through Torah because there wasn't a Torah then. The Torah was the Giloi of the Makas and the Kriyas Yamsuf. That was the Torah in their day. 
So they experienced an unbelievable revelation because that was the terror that they were experiencing, you see. And then it says, after it says, and from there he will take you. And then it says, and he will bring it to Eretz Yisrael. There you are. And Eretz Yisrael is where they will finally come, leave all the Goyim. That's the end of the exile. Imagine all the Jews will leave America, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, you name it. They will leave those countries, you see, and they will all come to Eretz Yisrael. Why? <clears throat> you know, and the reason for that, because in Eretz Yisrael, there will be a Beis HaMikdosh. That will be the third Beis HaMikdosh. And you, know, you won't even have to convince Jews to leave America or whatever. Because the amount of divine energy coming out of the base Amigdash, right, will be just uh, beyond belief. Because I once mentioned in a Shia, because that base Amigdash Hashlishi, that third base Amigdash, is really the base Amigdash Lamaila in heaven, called Oilem Yatsira, that becomes physical and descends to earth. You see? So the, that, what that does is it will intoxicate everybody. You won't be... Imagine if there was a drug that could give you a high, right? A high that just indescribable, right? Without addiction, without any harm to your body. I guarantee you half the planet or maybe the whole planet will line up to take it. Because who didn't want to experience an unbelievable joy? Well, that's exactly what's going to happen when the Beis Amigdash Hashlishi, the third Beis Amigdash, is in, is in Eretz Yisrael. And of course, all the Jews will then go to Eretz Yisrael, not by compulsion. In fact, they're going to run to Eretz Yisrael to receive that unbelievable, right, experience of divine Shechina. That's the divine energies and so on, you see. And of course, all of this will be orchestrated, basically, by the Mashiach ben Yosef, you see. And he himself has to grow in learning because I mentioned that he accepted on himself in order for every Jew to get Oedem Habo, tremendous amount of suffering. And I mentioned also previously that the suffering of Mashiach ben Yosef, right, is tremendous amaratsus, sounds strange, but tremendous inability to be able to learn Torah. You see, so not that he doesn't know Torah, but it's an unbelievable struggle for him to learn Torah. This is Mashiach ben Yosef. And from this, we can now understand something very interesting. The question is, well, how are the Jews going to learn the Torah? They don't know anything, right? So how are they going to learn the Torah? Because what God wants them, not only to learn Torah, right, but to do the Torah, Right. He wants them to have the merit of actually doing the mitzvahs. How's that going to happen? Well, there's a very strange medrash. And from that medrash, it's medrash rabba, we can actually understand how it can happen. And that is, it says in the medrash rabba, it's in Parsha Sav, third section, it says the following, that you know, the exiles 
will only be gathered, which means that it will end. Elo bischus, only in the merit, limud mishnayis. That's what it says. When the Jews, they will learn mishnayis, that will remove the exile. So the question is, what does that mean? Because what mishnayis really is, it is the totality of Torah Peh. That's what it is. And what the Medrash is telling us is that when you, that God wants the Jews to know the totality of Torah Peh, all of it, right? And Mishnais is that uh, Sefer that has the totality of the entire oral law, you see, which is basically the whole Torah. <clears throat> and what that Medrash says is the following, that if you learn Mishnais, all of it, Shisha Sidve Mishnah, the six orders of the Mishnah, right? Then not only will you really know the whole, especially if you learn it bi'iyun, right? Means in depth, not just superficially. But if you go, and there are ways of doing this, how do you learn a Mishnah bi'iyun? But if you do, you see, if you learn the Mishnah bi'iyun, then you will know the entire Torah, you see which is amazing when you think about that. But from that Medrash, and this the Medrash says, it says, this is the law of the Korban Chatos, the offering of the Chatos. So the, the Gemara learns out, right? Why does it say, it should just say, this is the Chatos, the sin offering. So what the Gemara says, it says, that if you learn the laws of offerings, korbanos, chatos, then it's, it is as if you have brought korban chatos. That's what it says. Now that's an astounding concept. So we see, therefore, that if you learn Torah, if you learn Mishnais, which is all of the oral law, not only will you have the mitzvah of limana Torah, learning Torah, but you will also have the mitzvah of doing the entire Torah. Because just like a chatos, if you learn about the chatos, it's as if you brought chatos. The Medrash says, if you do learning Mishnayis, since you're learning the entire Torah, because that's where it is, right? Mishnayis. Then it's as if you have done the entire Torah. It's as if you have observed the entire Torah. Yeah, but that's an incredible concept. So it comes out that learning Mishnayis right? The entire six orders of the Mishnah, you actually not only learn the entire Torah, and if you learn it Be'iyun, you will know hundreds of thousands of halachas from the Mishnayas. And it will be as if you have done, performed the actual mitzvah itself. That's what that Medrash means. That the exiles will only be end when by the merit of learning Mishnayis. But why? And we now know why. That when you learn Mishnayis, not only do you get the mitzvah of Limana Torah, learning Torah, but you get the mitzvah of Asiya Satorah, performing the Torah. And therefore, that will be, in the end, the way God will teach the Jewish people their Torah. That's, then you see that from the, from the actual Medrash Rabbah. It's an astounding Medrash Rabbah that reveals a profound secret. You see, in fact, if you learn four missions a day, 
you would finish 4,192 Mishnayas in three years. Could you imagine? And if you learn in a certain way how to remember it, you would know the entire oral law, right? In three years. Could you imagine? And there are ways to learn it in one year, right? If you learn 12 Mishnayas a day, right, you finish all of it in one year. Could you imagine all the Jews motivated to do that? So they will not only have learned Mishnayas, they will not only have learned the oral law, right, in one year, if they do 12 Mishnayas a day, but they will actually have performed every single mitzvah of the Torah, because learning and doing comes from learning. And now you understand why it says Talmud Torah Kenegit Kulam, right, that the learning Talmud Torah, learning Torah is weighs as much, is as, is as significant, right, as all the mitzvahs combined. Why? Because if you do a mitzvah, you get reward for the mitzvah. But if you learn the Mishnayis of the mitzvah, which is Talmud Torah, you not only learned the mitzvah, but you did the mitzvah. So obviously, it's worth more in a certain sense than the entire uh, 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 all the mitzvahs of the Torah performing it. That's what you see. And that's what it means. Talmud Torah Kenegit Kulam. That learning the Torah is weighs, again, weighs more than all, all the other mitzvahs. You see? Because learning that Mishnahis is not only learning Mishnahis, but is doing all the mitzvah. And that's what the God wants. He wants the Jews to have... That's how you can take a poor person who's an Amoretz, and make him into an incredible Tamat Chochem. If you know how to teach the Mishnahis correctly, and there's an entire way of doing that. But in any case, that's very interesting, because this is a Medrash Rabbo, and that's what it is. I'm really trying to explain it, <clears throat> you see. Now the problem is, is that Torah today, right, is in the Klippa, because they did the Cheto Ego, you see. When they received the Torah, right, Moshe Rabbeinu was coming down with the Ten Commandments, and all of a sudden he saw that they were worshipping a golden calf. So he hurled the Luchas, the tablets, at the bottom of the mountain, and he broke it all. Now what that means is that the, the Torah itself is now in a creeper. What does that mean? That means the Torah itself has now entered the domain of the Sultan. And therefore, because of what the Jews did. So the Sultan has dominion over your ability to learn. That's what it means. They can block. The satanic block of your learning Torah happens. And the way to get that, uh, th that Torah out of the Klippa is mysterious Nefesh, tremendous uh, Yegiyah, tremendous amount of labor. And then what it does is it breaks the Kleber's ability to hold on to the, to, the, to the Torah itself, you see. And like the Chidor says, uh, David, whatever, that the, the job of the Jew is not even to learn the Torah. It's to break the hold of the satanic, of the Sutton on the Torah. And when you break that through your gear, through tremendous amount of labor and and, and struggle automatically you release you see you release 
the Sultan's hold on the Torah, and it flies into your mind. There's a great deal to talk about that, but that's what happened because of the sin of the golden calf. That Torah went into the creeper means it's now dominated by a, a evil force, you see. In order to take it out of that evil force, you need to tremendously struggle and learn uh, in, order to, in order to do that. And then it's released and it flies into your mind. I mean, there's a great, obviously, there's a great deal to talk about that. And that is why, you see, it's a, so difficult to learn. Because you've got to pull it out of the Sultan. He's blocking it. He's blocking your ability to learn. And the Ari says, one of the manifestations of the fact that the Torah is in the Klippa, means he's in the domain of the Sultan, is when you have a question. Because the original Torah, there were no questions. It was clear. It was incredible. But because there's a blockage, automatically, you actually have questions. You don't understand something. You see? And that is one of the reasons why learning Torah is so difficult. It takes so much incredible struggle, energy, right? And patience to learn it. Because what you're really doing is you're trying to break it out of the hands of the domain of the Sultan. You see. And by the way, that's also why the Torah looks the way it does. It's when you look at the Mishnayis, the Gemara, you begin to see it's disorganized. You know, it's very disorganized. That the uh, it's very advanced. It's in pieces. Uh, and 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 the, the reason for that is that is one of the manifestations of the Klippa. You see that the way we learn it is in many ways very difficult because it's disorganized and uh, it's uh, it's in pieces. Besides the fact that it's advanced, many times Masech uh, the Mishnayos will have what should have come later first and what should have come, come first later. It's disorganized, you see. And that's the work of the creeper. And therefore, it's much more difficult to understand the Torah. But all of that has to come out of the creeper. What's going to bring it out of the creeper? And for that, we have a very interesting phenomenon. That is the phenomenon of Dafyoimi. Why is there a Dafyoimi? I once spoke about this. You know, what do you mean learn a blot a day? You know, how, how can you know the Torah by learning a blot a day? You see. And the idea to that is that at the end of time there will be tremendous darkness, as I said, which is the Memteshai Tumah. As I said, and the, the darkness on the face of the deep. <clears throat> the problem is if there's darkness, right? Right, that means the Jews will be amaratsim. They'll be ignoramuses, because that's what the darkness is made of. Right? Ignor- ignorance of the Jewish people. Right? So if that's the case, they're not learning Torah. If they're not learning ter- Torah, then who's going to take out the Torah from the Klippa? So therefore the Rabbanisham put in the mind, right, of Rabbi Shapiro, right, to create what's called the Dafyomi structure, where you learn a blot a day. So therefore, the mysterious nefesh, right, is to get up at 5 a.m. or to learn a blot every single day for seven and a half years. So it's the mysterious nefesh, the sacrificing your comforts. That itself is the yagiyah, 
that's the labor that takes the entire Torah out of the klipa, you see. So Dafyomi is a way that when the Jews find themselves in the Memtashai Tumah, they can actually take the Torah, continue to take the Torah, out of the klipa. Why? Because the struggle to learn a blot a day is enormous. And there are hundreds of thousands of Jews that are doing Dafyomi, you see, whether they understand it or they don't, but they have to struggle to keep up with it, you see, and, and continue to learn. So, the, so the, the way the Torah comes out of the Klippa now, right, is not so much learning it in, in a certain depth. You know, the Yagiya comes from the sacrifice, the difficulty of attending a Daphne You see, even if you don't really know what's going on, but just the effort that's involved in attending a Shia, well, you have to give up. You imagine seven and a half years, you have to learn a plot a day, right? That takes it out of the Klippa. So it's amazing that the Russian arranged a, a spiritual event that can actually, in a certain sense, solve the problem of taking the Torah out of the Klippa, you see, by the struggle to learn Adaf every day, all 2,000, you know, 711 pages. Anyway, it's, it's very interesting about how, but this is what the Varsham is going to do. He has to educate the Jewish people, right? Uh, this is part of the redemption. He's not going to bring the Jewish people that are complete ignoramuses, right, to a Mashiach. He has to educate them. And I've given or outlined certain ways that this is really very possible to do. In any case, this is the idea of the whole concept of, of the uh, stages of the Mashiach, how he will come, what are the stages, you know, and the prediction that the Torah actually tells us that there will be Memtesh Tumah. All of this is found in the Torah. So let's hope that this year, right, certainly the, uh, the process of Mashiach will begin and therefore the dominion of evil over the Jewish people will cease and it will turn around where there will only be, not evil, but there will only be toiv. Uh, and that obviously will usher in the entire messianic era. Any questions? Yes. So, um... Hashem has to educate the Jewish people. Right. Yes. Now, the education, it doesn't have to be like a, a deep concept. It can even be the surface. The right. main thing is that struggling to and sacrificing Laura. your time to, um, to hear it. Is that, is that basically how we're going to be redeemed because of the sacrifice of it? Uh, no, they'll actually know the Torah. Oh, we will like actually learn the Torah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, because if you learn, as I showed you from the Medrash Rabbah, if you learn uh, Mishnayis, then you can actually learn the entire Torah. People do not realize how much there is in the Mishnayis. Uh, there's 4,192 Mishnas. Uh, it's a lot of Mishnayis. If you think about it, each Mishnah has approximately eight halachas. 
right? So if you multiply 8 times 4,192, uh, that's over 33,000 halachas. Do you know how much that is? 33,000 halachas. But the interesting thing about the Mishnayis is the Mishnayis is not a textbook. What Rebbe wrote is not a textbook. It's a record of the oral law. And therefore, there's a tremendous amount missing. The introduction to the Mishnah, many ideas that the Mishnah does not bring down, which should have been brought down in a certain sense. Then there's uh, ideas, Mephoshim, on the Mishnah. So if you add up all the missing information, you see, basically there's over 100,000 Yediyos HaTorah Mishnayis. That is a phenomenal amount of information. And if you learn that, especially if the Mishnayis is organized in a certain way, and it can be, uh, I once talked about Mishnayic maps, <clears throat> then it is possible to know, to become a massive Talmud Chochem in a very short order. Because Mishnayis has the, is the entire platform of the oral law. That's what Rebbe did. You see? So if somebody really focuses on that, concentrates, he will know over 100,000 Yediyos. Ask yourself, how many people know 100,000 facts, information, right, of the oral law? Very few. You know, very few know that type of, very few have that type of mastery or command of the oral law. So could you imagine what it means to learn Mishnayis Bi'yun, to learn Mishnayis in depth, <clears throat> you know, which is not hard. Because Mishnayis is not like Gemara, in the sense that there's no shakavataria, there's no give and take discussion, there's no debate, it's straight facts. So if that is organized and taught, you know, in a tremendously uh, sequenced uh, path, method, it would be incredible. And, and actually, like I said, if you if you taught <clears throat> everybody in th four Mishnahs a day, you would know the whole thing in three years. Could you imagine in three years knowing the entire totality of Torah? You see? And if you learn six Mishnahs a day, you could finish in two years and four months. You see? And ultimately, if you learn 12 Mishnahs a day, you'd finish the whole thing in one year. And it's possible you should know to finish all of it in one year. That's forms that allow you to do that. So therefore, it's, it's a no-brainer. Imagine any kid in a high school learns, has a Seder, not the whole day, right? Because he can learn tomorrow part of the day. But if he had one Seder, right, one the time period, where he learns Mishnayis, you know, let's say four Mishnayis a day. Imagine a 13-year-old kid by the time he's 16 or 17 will be an incredible Tom Tochem. And if he commits it to memory, which is not hard, by the way, and, and there are ways to memorize all of it, all 4,192 Mishnayis, could you imagine what this kid would be? Beyond belief. And he's only 16 years old. You see, that will eventually, it has to happen, because that's the only way to educate somebody 
in a rapid way. It's called rapid education. There is no other way. You know, so the question, is God going to do this through natural means or supernaturally? And I believe that it's going to be through natural means. Because when the Mashiach comes because of Memteshari Tumah, right, then he will come naturally. Because then Jewish people do not deserve him to come supernaturally. So he will become naturally. So the question is, is there a natural way to teach, educate the Jews, you know, in a very short way, with a tremendous amount of uh, depth and a comprehensive command of the entire oral law? And the answer is yes. Mishnayis. And in the Mishnah, you include many ideas that are not in the Mishnah, but are part of the Mishnah. You can include Rishonim, Akhoinim, and so on. There's no end to how much you can include. But in the end, it means that you can know the entire oral law with incredible mastery, just by learning Mishnayis. You see? And today, today's time, there are many ways to do that. For instance, Art Scroll has three Mishnayis, three different types. And they bring down all the missing information. You see that the Mishnah leaves out. So if you learn Mishnayis with Art Scroll, or whatever, or Kahati, or a tremendous Mishnayis called Shaita Dishmaya, you will become an unbelievable Talmud Chacham. You will know more than 90% of all Jews, right? Just by that, you see. So there are educational alternatives to what is going on today, right? Now, it doesn't mean you learn Mishnayis all day, no. You know, you could learn tomorrow in the morning and the afternoon, but there has to be a time period that people will wake up and realize that you could become an unbelievable Talmud Chacham by learning facts, halachas, and not learning Shulchan Arach because a lot of it is minhagim. You want to learn the oral law, you see? So Mishnayis is an incredible way to do it. You see, <clears throat> I remember... Where does this whole process of learning fall into the process of Mashiach? Is that after Mashiach ben Yosef is revealed, is it after Gog and Magog, the, the, the war, uh, is it before Mashiach ben David? Like, when are we going to have this revelation of knowledge across the board, across all the Jewish nation? Um, I, I believe it can... It, there are many obstacles to overcome, but I, I believe that if people wake up and realize uh, that what God wants is, is to have a mastery of the Torah, as it says, uh, you know, happy is the man who comes with the, 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 the entire Talmud, the entire learning is in his hand. That's called mastery, you see. And if people realize this is the way to do it, and that there's a way, you know, people think, well, maybe the only way to master uh, the old law is to learn through the entire shots. No, not really. I mean, it's one way, but another way, and you see that from the Mishnah where it says, five years old, Mishnah and Perkyavis, that by five years old you should learn Tanakh, by ten years old you should learn Mishnahis, and by fifteen you should learn uh, uh, Gemara. So the Mishnah itself tells you that you need to learn Mishnahis. First, because that is the knowledge itself. That's the database. 
that you have to have before you learn Gemara. You see? So even if you want to learn it simultaneous with Gemara, but how could you not learn a database? This is the, what's called the, the basis of the entire Torah, is Mishnayis. You see, you know, um, but uh, people ignore that. You know, and people, therefore, m- many people never really succeed in learning and mastering the oral law. But I, I believe, but from the Medrash you see, they expose the secret of what this means from that Medrash, uh, Medrash Rabba that I, I, I uh, communicated, you know, where it says the exiles will only end. I mean, you realize what that statement is? The Gullus will end. That the exiles can only end because of the schus, the merit, right, of limit mishnais. Do you realize what that statement means? The question is why? Like I said, because God must educate the Jewish people. You cannot enter a messianic era as an ignoramus. Because how could you take advantage of the enormous advanced level of what's going on in the messianic era? So the question is how? So that medrash points exactly how. I mean, it's a medrash. It's not me. And it says, Mishnayis. You see? And I'm, I'm merely explaining what the medrash means and why. Because Mishnayis is a complete record of the oral law. And today we have forum that bring down all the missing information. So it's unbelievable. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I believe if you took even a 10-year-old kid and you taught him the entire Shisha Sidra Mishnah, I believe that he would be unbelievable. You could compare him to, to almost uh, anybody, and he would uh, easily knock everybody out, you, you see. Uh, you know, uh, it's just an incredible idea that, for, for whatever reason, has not caught on. People don't realize that you need an introduction. You need a basic, uh, you know, preparation <clears throat> to learn Gemara. You need data, halacha, but not the halacha of Shulchan Aruch, the halacha of the Mishnayis, because that is the totality of the oral law. <clears throat> you know, you know, it's funny. I'll, just, I'll tell you one one incident which is very interesting. Okay, there was a very big God of Yisrael, Rabbi Yisrael Zev Gustman. Gustman. A lot of people have heard of him. He's nifted, I think, in 1990 or whatever. But he was an incredibly great person. He was on the Bezden, on the court of Rabbi Chaim Oize Gudzinski, who was the God Hador. And he was on that Bezden, you know, to sit and adjudicate cases. Do you know how old he was? He was 21 years old, sitting on a bezin with the God Lador. Now you're going to ask me, that's incredible. How does a man achieve such greatness or such command of Torah? And the answer is, because I read a biography of him. When he was a little kid, he went to a cheder. And the menahel of that cheder did not allow any kid to learn Gemara unless he finished all Shisha Sidre Mishnah. Yeah, that's exactly what happened in Europe, right? So you couldn't learn Gemara unless you, didn't, unless you knew the entire Shisha Sidre Mishnah. That's 4,192 Mishnahs. 
So they write in the biography that Rav Guzman therefore learned Shisha Sidley Mishnah, all of it. And he knew it by heart. Could you imagine, right? A 10-year-old kid knowing the, to- the entire Mishnah is by heart? Yeah, that's how he was able to finish Shas at 16, right? Because Mishnah, by the way, is 40% of Shas. People don't realize that. And that's why he was able to sit on the bezin of Rabbi Chaim Oizah at 21. Could you imagine if you had every, I believe you can do that to every kid. Get them to memorize all Shisha Sidre Mishnah. Could you imagine what they'll know? You know? I'm not that saying they're going to sit on the bezin, you know, obviously. Uh, but could you imagine the unbelievable uh, advancement of Klai Yisrael? If they knew the entire oral law by heart? It would be unbelievable. Yet nobody seems to understand. And like I said, Mishnah is 40% of Shas. Right, that's how much room it takes. You see? <clears throat> so if there was one Seder, let's say a two-hour Seder, where each kid would learn, you know, four Mishnahs a day, or six Mishnahs a day, and they could do that in a year, and they had it committed to memory, which is not that hard, imagine what they would know. Imagine what that would do to the Jewish people. And then if a Balchuva wants to come back and be a Balchuva, right, he would be able to learn the entire oral law in two years, whatever. Could you believe that? Instead of taking 35 years, he would do it in two. You see, people don't realize what that means. You see, <clears throat> and I want to tell you something. Here's the mistake that is made in the Kirov movement. Here it comes. In order to make somebody a Balchuva, there are two things you have to do. One is to turn them on, to become committed to be Jewish, to learn, to do mitzvahs, but especially to learn. And the second thing is to make him into a massive Talmud Chokhom, because then he'll remain with the Jewish religion. You need the Torah. Without that, they slip and fall back. But how? I mean, a guy goes to yeshiva, takes 35 years to figure out what's going on until he finishes the whole shas. But what a mistake. Uh, he could learn Mishnah's Be'iyun, right? He could finish it in two years. And in those two years, he would know 4,192 Mishnahs. He would know 40% of shas. And he would know over 100,000 Yediyah's facts, knowledge of the Torah itself. Right? And he can even do it in one year. You know, it's possible. You're right? And then he would have the Torah. That's what the Balchuva movement has to do. The only way to make a guy stay is if you teach him Torah. But it can't be Torah that takes decades. They got to know it now. They don't have the time or the patience, whatever. You see? So actually, Mishnah is the solution to how you make Balei Tshuva committed and remain, you see? So it would save all the Balei Could you imagine if a Balei can now know the Torah in a year or two years or maximum three years, and he learned the Be'iyun, which means in tremendous depth, right? Could you imagine what that would do? Not only that, what about all those adults that learned Yeshiva and they don't hardly know anything? It would save them. Because they now could learn Mishnah's Be'iyun in depth, and they would be able to master the entire oral law in what, two years, three years? It would save them. Then imagine, right, 
what it would do to the high schools. And what about the Dafyomi guys? Right? What is Dafyomi? How can a guy remember anything with Dafyomi? But what happens if a guy learned the Mishnahis of that Masechta that he's going to learn in Dafyomi? And he knew it by heart. That would change the entire fabric of that Masechta. Because he would have all the knowledge. You see, it would be absolutely incredible. It would take Dafyomi and make it from a learning experience to a knowing experience. And I believe it will also save all the at-risk kids. Why? Because the reason why most people rebel, right, is because they fail. You can't believe the amount of kids that fail, really, in the yeshiva. I believe that 70% of any given class never make it. And eventually they leave. Because Gomorrah is an advanced limud. Gomorrah is advanced. It presupposes that you have a tremendous, massive grasp of the database of Shas, you see? And only Mishnahis can give that to you if it's taught the right way. So could you imagine, take an at-risk kid and you teach him Mishnahis, but there's ways of doing it that will tremendously spur him on and increase his interest. There are different ways of teaching it. But in any case, could you imagine, he would recommit to learn Torah and to be, you know, a Torah observant. Uh, look at what it would do. It would save the Bali Tshuva. It would be the adult education. It would do massive amounts of improvement to Daf Yomi. Save the at-risk kids. And if it was introduced in every high school, you know, two hours Seder, in Mishnais Be'ilun, it would make every kid in every high school, maybe in the seventh or eighth grade, a massive Talmud Chochem, because it could be designed as an incredible textbook that's based on the Mishnayas. Wouldn't that be incredible? And it would end the Golas. There you are. I make my case. So how do we turn the ignoramus to learn in a natural way? I mean, in my opinion, the only way to do that is through a supernatural way. All, well, uh, that's years, what you are saying is true, but I believe there's a concept called pyramid. <clears throat> Let me explain that to you. We make a mistake. There are hundreds of thousands of Jews. Forget the millions. Just let's deal with the people now. There are hundreds of thousands of Jews that are dying to be Tamid Chachomim. They're dying. They, 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 they want to know the Torah. And there are hundreds of thousands. Think of Lubavitch. Lubavitch has 5,000 shlichim, right? And what they do is have a, 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 Jew, a Judaic center. They have, who knows how many hundreds of thousands of balabatim who don't know anything. What happens if there was an educational process that could make every balabas a master of the oral law? And that's Lubavitch. What about, uh, you know, uh, Levli Achim in Eretz Israel? What about Arachim, right? There, there are so many balay tshuva movements they don't know what to do with the guys, basically, so they do the standard. You know, they teach them Gemara. Of course, that's not going to work, really, because it'll take years for them, and most people don't have the time. You see, they are, they're not the only ones. There are hundreds of thousands of adults that are basic Amoratsim. They failed. They don't remember anything, even though they've been in yeshiva for 20 years. You see, they don't remember anything. 
And, I, and I've spoken to who knows how many. They don't remember what they learned in yeshiva. How could they? Because it's very difficult to learn Gemara. You see? Because Gemara is shock of Italia. 90% of the Gemara is give and take, is debate. And nobody remembers the shock of Italia unless you review it 50 times. Nobody has it, reviews it 50 times. You see? <clears throat> so there are hundreds. Just walk over to any guy who went to yeshiva and ask him, what do you remember from what you learned? It's astounding. Um, but what happens if they memorize a certain basis, a platform, Mishnayis, and they knew that by heart? Do you know how easy it is to recall anything when you know the entire Mishnayis by heart? You see? Then you have the entire cabinet, file cabinet. You know exactly every halacha is because you know all 4,192 Mishnayis. You see? This is really, in the end, what has to happen. And the beauty of this is the, Mish, is the Medrash Rabbah, which is it's going to end the Gullahs. I'm just explaining that because God wants Jews to master the oral law. And the way to do it is to learn Mishnayis. You see? There are many Gemaras that talk about this. You see? But it's really astounding uh, what, what knowing all Mishnayis can do for a person if he learns it the right way, in depth, right, and he commits it to memory, which is not hard. It is not hard to memorize Mishnayis. It's a mistake that people make. In any case, yeah, this is the way to do it. Now, how do you convince people? I don't know. But someday, they will be convinced. You see? Because I believe that this is the way to do it, through natural means, called the limit of Mishnayis. And that will end the exile. <clears throat> so what I'm saying is there are hundreds of thousands of Jews now that want to learn Torah. They want to master the Torah. And they can't, you see. Because everybody thinks the only way to master the Torah is Gemara. Now, of course it's true. But that's not the only way, you see. A different way, in fact, more, much more basic, is to master the Mishnais, like the story of Rabbi Yisrael Zev Gustman. Yeah. And the Gemara itself says that. That first you learn, you know, Ben uh, Chomish Lemikro, five years old to learn Tanakh, Eshashonim Lemishnat, ten years old to learn Mishnah, and to learn Gemara at 15, you see. I mean, you have to ask yourself, what's the rush? Why do you have to subject an 11, 12, 10-year-old kid, right, to learn Gemara? Why not teach him the entire Shisha Siddhi Mishnah? You see, that's, uh, I, to, to my mind, all of this is tragic. You know, because <clears throat> everybody's learning advanced material without knowing the basics. And the basics is Mishnahis. And like I say, today you have that. So start off with these people. Educate 300,000 Jews. Make them masters of the oral law. I guarantee you uh, that all the Bali Tshuva will now introduce this method to the people that they make religious, right? So it'll pyramid, you see, because people will be astonished at the speed of mastery. They will be astonished 
So in a pyramid, first you'll have, you know, let's say 100 people. They will tell their friends, it'll be 1,000 people. They will tell their friends uh, that there's a, a way to do this that's validated by the Chazal. You see, it's interesting, uh, uh, in Sanhedrin, right, there's a Masechta Sanhedrin, uh, on, uh, page 42, where it says there, Om Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, with whom can you find a, a, a Jew that can wage war with Torah? With, you know, somebody who can learn Torah and actually understand it, with somebody who has bundles of Mishnahis. It says that. It's a Gemara. And Rashi comments on that, right? He says this. He said, even if you have a great head, there's no comparison if you know the Mishnah. Because then you have all the ideas. You have all the knowledge. All the basic information. And that's the way, all the basic concepts. And therefore, that's the way to do it. This is on Rabbi Yechelem. There are many Gemaras like that. But in any case, I believe this would be a tremendous uh, you know, approach to solving the Amaratzas of Klai Yisrael. You see, uh, hopefully it'll be able, uh, uh, you know, I would always suggest it would be interesting to have a convention. There's no such thing in Judaism. You know, you have medical conventions, legal conventions, and so on. But there's no such thing as a convention. Yeah, people will tell me there is, like Thomas Sora has a convention. Uh, but they have to examine why is it that so many people after being in a yeshiva for 20 years, hardly remember anything. Did they ever ask themselves that question? You see? No. Of course not. Did you ever wonder, how does a college make a guy a, an engineer in five years? Do you know how much information of physics and mathematics a guy in college has to have to become an engineer and certified? Yeah, how do they do it? And the answer is because they don't begin with an advanced book. They begin from the beginning. You know, Engineering 101, you see? They don't begin with a journal article about engineering. And what people don't understand is Gemara is an advanced treatment of Torah. You can't begin that, especially a 10-year-old kid. It's insane. Why? Because they don't know anything. They need a database. They need a foundation. Kids don't have foundations, you see? And imagine if every adult would have the foundation of the entire oral law and they would know it by heart. Could you imagine what kind of revolution that would be? Yeah, they should have a convention and tell this to people. You people are making a tremendous mistake. That is why most kids, tragically, will not know anything, or hardly anything. They won't remember anything. They'll know it when they learn it, maybe. But they're not going to remember anything. Because they're learning Gemara, they're learning Torah from an advanced Sefer, without a foundation. Nobody does that. But that's what they do all the time in Yeshiva. What can I tell you? It's tragic. Any other questions? Since you know it so well, how, why don't you put out a memo to all the yeshivot to let them know? 
because nobody will buy it. Everybody's convinced this is the way. That's why. Okay. okay. Logic will not work because okay. everybody wants to learn lambdas. Everybody wants to learn Gemara in depth. Nobody's interested in, of course they are interested incidentally, but nobody realizes you need a basis. You need a foundation of a database before you really can know anything. If you don't do it that way, then you'll always know the Torah piecemeal. And you won't remember it because 90% of the Gemara is debate, shock of Italia. Nobody remembers that unless you review it 10, 20, 30 times, which nobody does. Oh, that's a tragic mistake that everybody makes. You know, <clears throat> I, I once said, imagine there's an organization called Virshu, right? And they pay you. They give you bechinas. Uh, so I once tried to convince one of the people in Dirshu, do it to Mishnayis. Do, you know, it's, you have to learn six Mishnayis every day. Uh, and right? And then you get tested, feedback. In, in, in two and a half years, you will know the totality of the oral law. In two and a half years, instead of seven and a half. And then you can learn the Gemara. Once you have the database of Mishnayis, well, you know the entire oral law in depth? You see, because then you get uh, bechinas, you get tests, and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, that's the way to do it. You see? Or at least make a separate track of that. But it fell on deaf ears. What can I tell you? You see? That's what it is. It's really a great deal more to say about all of this, which obviously, this is not the forum for that. Uh, so I've just expressed, you know, in many ways, a tragedy. Because when people go to yeshiva for 20 years and hardly remember anything, what do you think they feel like? They feel terrible. Because they know they don't remember anything. Can you imagine going to school for 20 years and hardly remembering anything? Yeah, maybe when you learned it, you knew it. Yeah, but that's the main test. Look, the classic is if you ask God, what do I want? What do you want, right? You know what he answers? He says, I already told you. It says in Krishma, Vishinantem Levanecho. Right? And you shall teach them, right, to your children diligently. So the Gemara in Kedushan says, what does it mean, teach them diligently? So the Gemara says, Shehemuchudotem Beficho. What does that mean? That it should be sharp, right, in your mouth. And, what, and Rashi explains that. What do you mean sharp in your mouth? And Rashi says that if somebody comes over to you and asks you something, you should spit it out immediately. You know what that's called? That's called mastery. That's what God wants. He wants mastery. You see? So the quickest way and really the best way is master the Mishnayas. Because that is the entire oral law. And then you do Gemara. So imagine you do Mishnahis first. You do four Mishnahis a day, let's say. Take it three years, right? Then you do, since you know the whole Mishnahis, which is 40% of Shas, right? Then you do, the, you do the Gemara, right? And when you do the Gemara, right? So you do two blood a day, right? So instead of seven and a half years, because you're now doing a two blood a day, because you know 40% of Shas, right? You'll finish in almost four years. 
So four plus three is seven. In seven years, you will be an Odom Godel Admi Oid. You will be one of the greatest Talmud Chachamim of this generation. Because you will know Mishnah by heart, 40% of Shas, and you have learned the whole Tukla a day, right? Because you already know 40%. And you know every area, no area is strange to you. So imagine in seven years, you could sit down and probably join the Bezdin of Rabbi Chaim that, That's a <clears throat> guzma. But the main idea is it would be incredible. Seven years, you could master the totality of oral law plus the Gemara, because at least you did it right. You have a foundation first. By the way, I'm not the only one that says this. The Maharal is famous. He screams at people who don't learn Mishnahis first. He said the whole thing is suicide, and he's right. That's why 70% of a guy who goes to Yeshiva basically will not remember hardly anything. What kind of a what kind of statistic is that? Get it for changed, and you don't have to change the whole day. So learn Gemara, one say the two Saddam. but there should be at least time put away to learn facts, knowledge, the, the oral law, which is Torah shall be out there, right? And Mishnais is the way to do it, especially today because there's many uh, Mishnais written that bring down all the missing information that Rebbe left out, and they bring Rishonim and Achroinim. I mean, uh, tremendous what the art school has done. Shaita Dishmaya, there's, there's certain incredible Mishnahis. Yeah, that's what, and they would solve the problem. You see, and the bad news is we're losing guys because nobody remembers anything. Maybe they remember, you know, just a couple of ideas, but they don't really, they have not mastered anything. You see, so we're losing a, a whole generation of people that don't remember anything. Who's going to transmit the Torah? Do they realize this? You know, why is it all the G'daylim today are over 70 or 80 or 90? Why? I'm telling you something. If you learn Mishnah's Pi'iyun and you memorize it, you will be an Adam Gadol. Guaranteed. Especially if the Mishnah is taught Pi'iyun in the right way. Yes. People have no concept of what a Mishnah could do for a guy. Right. It would solve the problem. It would change the Jewish people. That's how pivotal it is. But anyway, I want to just connect this to the, uh, the Medjish Rabbah that actually will end the Golas. Right? That's what it would do. Okay, anything else? Is everybody out there? Yep, we're all here. Yes, okay. I think yeah. you're, just, you're just changing our consciousness, which you said had to happen. Yeah, yeah the way I'm, I'm showing it. you. The, yeah, I'm showing you the way to do it. This is the solution, and the proof of that is the Medrash Rabbah. But you don't even need that. You, you, it's obvious. You do not learn advanced material without a foundation. You know, when you want to build a building. You can't start with the fifth floor, right? You've got to dig a foundation first. Everything needs a foundation. And as far as I'm concerned, that's why colleges succeed 
with people getting certificates. You see, I'm not saying uh, you know the colleges are not perfect, but they're able to make a professional. You know, a lawyer in three years, an accountant in two, an engineer in five, a doctor in seven. How? How do they do it? Uh, you know how much information is out there in professions? They do it because they have foundations. You don't learn advanced material first. That's in graduate school, not an undergraduate. <clears throat> and the example I always like to give, imagine a guy wants to become an engineer, right? So he doesn't want to go to undergraduate. He doesn't have the time, doesn't have the money. So somehow he gets his way into a graduate engineering program. <clears throat> After two weeks in that program, the professor gives a quiz, right? And the professor gives a quiz. And this guy, who didn't go to undergraduate, he gets a three. Astounding. So he goes over to the professor, and he says, I don't think I studied. Well, how, how in the world did I get a three? So the professor says, you know, you're right. That's odd. How'd you do an undergraduate? So the guy says, undergraduate? I never went to undergraduate school in engineering. So the professor looks at him and says, are you crazy? This is graduate advanced material. What are you doing here? Gemara is graduate school. That's what it's for. The Gemara is a collection of sugyas. A sugya is a problem-solving format that presupposes that you have a massive database. And if you don't, most of your time, you don't even know what's going on. You see? Because what are you doing in graduate school? You know? It's elementary. It's obvious. But nobody seems to get it. You see? Because the goal of yeshivas, unfortunately is not to know, they would like to know, but that's incidental. The goal of yeshivas is to be a bigger lamdan, lamdas. But what a mistake. You can be a phenomenal lamdan if you know Mishnais, because that's the database. You see. Anyway, it just requires logical thinking, and it would solve a humongous problem in Israel that nobody seems to get, basically. There are some people who realize that, but their voices are not heard because everybody's entranced with lumdus in the Gemara without knowing anything. What a mistake. What can I tell you? It's a tremendous mistake because it could be done at the same time, even if you want to learn Gemara. Okay, but give some type of a seder, two hours, whatever, and, 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 and to master the Mishnayas, and to commit it to memory. You see. That's why I love the story with Rabbi Yisrael Zev Kustman. Imagine. Ten year old kid knew the entire Shisha Sidri Mishnah. All of it. And this guy, although obviously he had a tremendous head. He finished Shas at 16. Because he already knew 40%. Because he knew it by heart. And at 21 years old, he sat on the bezin of Rabbi Chaim Oizek Grudensky. That's like for Svadim. That's like sitting on the bed of Vlad Yosef. It's the same thing. Rab Chaim is a good gentleman with a godlad door. So imagine a Sephardi kid sits on the bed, 21 years old, with Rab Ovad Yosef. Uh, wouldn't that be something, huh? Uh, you see? And it could be done if it was done, if it was taught the right way, the right sequence. You see? <clears throat> There's a great deal more to speak about all this, but. You know, I just uh, that itself is 
is worthy. And that's that with pyramid. Then people will be astonished at the mastery that they have. You see? And it would spread. Because in the end, what do you think a guy wants? He wants to know it. You know, it's nice to have alumnus. It's nice to be able to answer a Rambam or whatever. But it's more important to remember everything, to know, you know, like it says, you know, it should be sharp in your mind. The Rebbeim says that. It's God talking. Right? And you should know diligently, means you should know it with tremendous mastery and command. Who does that today? It's not even a goal, really. Yeah, they're going to say, well, you know, they learned the beginning of the Masechta and then they try to finish the Masechta. But the idea is don't learn it through the Masechta all day. Learn Mishnayis. You see? Because it brings you the basic concepts without having to go through Shaka You see? That's the mistake. Focus on the information, on the knowledge, on the facts. Later on, you can focus on the debate itself, how they arrived at, at that information. You don't do that initially. That's graduate work. That's not the work really should be done, certainly in elementary school, but it, ha- you know, it certainly shouldn't be done all day and nothing else. You see, and ultimately it means, tragically, that most guys, most of tremendous amount of guys going to yeshiva will remember very, very little. That's what it means. And they'll be turned off because there's no hatzlocha, success. And the greatest way to continue success is to be successful, right? And then you get a sipuk, tremendous satisfaction from your learning. Mastery will give you that satisfaction like nothing else. You see? It doesn't take that long. Anyway. So the the, um, Gullis could end by learning Mishnayos, but... Right, that's what it says in the Medrash. If we just take on that we're going to start, then we wouldn't have to wait those two years. We could speed it up without going through the whole two years of mastering it. I, I'm not understanding your question. Okay. Is that a question you're asking? Okay. It takes, it takes two years to learn the whole Mishnayos, right? It could take one year. Depends how many Mishnahs you learn a day. Right? Okay. So then if we actually could get, like, groups of people to commit and to actually do this, maybe, the, maybe we don't have to wait for them to actually have completed that one year. That we don't know. That we don't know. We don't really know. You know. But um, it's very hard to uh, change a system. You know, they're all committed to Lumbus, Gemara, which is fine. But not not unless you've mastered the Mishnahis. You see, that's a tremendous mistake. What can I tell you? Okay. Thank you for the opportunity, you know, to uh, unravel what I, what I feel and so on, you know. And the p- problem is it's an incredible tragedy that a guy should go for 20 years to yeshiva and hardly remember anything, you see. That is an unbelievable tragedy. And it's continued on a daily basis. 
That's the tragedy. <clears throat> and in the end, we pay for that tragedy because many guys would have stayed longer or they really would have come out knowing an incredible amount of Torah in depth if the system of learning would have been different.